Zillow. No one knows what the word means, but pretty much everyone knows it's one of the most powerful real estate websites in the country. We'll discuss Zillow and what it means for homeowners and real estate agents on today's episode. Welcome to the Tom Mecky Real Estate Podcast. Tom Mecky is a licensed real estate broker working with Lake Sotheby's International Realty in the Minneapolis-St. Paul metro area. Now, here's Tom Mecky. Welcome to today's show. With me again is uh, the host of Minnesota Podcasting, Marshall Saunders. Hi, Tom. How's it going? It's going great. How are you? Very good. So we're talking about Zillow today, huh? Ah, uh, yes. Zillow, the bane of every real estate agent's existence. What is a Zillow? Does it grow naturally? <laughs> I mean, is it something that I find in my garden? Or? I don't know how they arrived at the name, but uh, I think most people are familiar with what Zillow is. Yeah. It's um, Zillow. What do I? What I want to talk about today is what Zillow is and what it isn't. Sure. Uh, I want to talk about Zestimates, uh, home valuation, online home valuations in general, and just kind of dispel some myths uh, and you know shine some light on what Zillow is for for consumers so they have a good understanding of it. Zestimates, huh? Not estimates. Zestimates. Yes, it is their uh, a Zillow's estimate is Zillow's, um, you know, and you can actually look at this right on their website. That if you go to Zillow.com forward slash Zestimate, it gives you all the information. Uh, but it is Zillow's estimated market value for an individual home, and it's calculated for about 100 million homes uh, nationwide. So uh, a Zestimate, just like any other uh, online valuation, uh, we have them in the real estate industry through uh, our uh, various multiple listing services. We have AVMs, which is uh, an abbreviation for an automated valuation model. It is really just a starting point uh, to determine a home's value and should never uh, be considered an official appraisal of a home. I mean, personally, um, I like Zillow. You know, I, I... View some homes for sale, and when I'm in a new neighborhood, you know, I, I can do some research, no matter where I am in the country. Yep. However, on a personal level, it is always either way overestimated or way underestimated the value of my home because I've always kind of, I've never lived in a nice area, but right. we have always lived next to a nice area. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and so I'm I'm always uh, overestimated based on that. Sure. Uh, but then also in my neighborhood when I lived in Mound. Uh, and the crisis came in 2008 and 2009, yep. they did the opposite, and they were way undervaluing Absolutely. my home because there were so many foreclosures in that area that were coming up with uh, some kind of really low values. No. Well, and I, I think that brings up a very good point, and it's the point of the podcast today in our discussion. I think uh, home buyers and home sellers really need to understand what Zillow is. Zillow is a publicly traded company. Uh, they are for profit. Mm -hmm. uh, they are a marketplace uh, for consumers to find uh, not just properties for sale, properties for rent. Uh, Zillow publishes pre-foreclosure information for properties that are in distress. Uh, and they certainly don't ask for people's permission to publish that information, by the way. I mean, that is public data, so they, they, they're allowed to publish it. Um, and then they, you know, they publish articles about design trends, uh, real estate market trends, um, all kinds of things. Um, let's talk about what it isn't, okay? Yes, can you find homes for sale? You absolutely can. Can you find homes that are for rent? You can. Can a consumer post their house 
uh, or a homeowner, I should say, uh, could they post their house on Zillow for sale themselves? Yes, they can. Okay. Here's what Zillow is not. It is not the multiple listing service. All right. The MLS is a proprietary database owned by an association of realtors. All right. In my professional opinion, and yes, I'm biased because I am a, a licensed real estate broker in the state of Minnesota and a, and a proud member of the board of realtors. Um, it, it is not um, as accurate in terms of its information, in terms of the status of a property, whether a property is still listed for sale or for rent, uh, as what an MLS will be. Um, we are governed by a set of rules and ethics uh, that we have to abide by, and and we do a better job of updating the multiple listing service uh, at, uh, on um, the status of a property. Um, websites connected to the MLS database, a brokerage website, for example, you know, me, you know, you might be familiar with the bigger ones in Minneapolis, St. Paul, like EdinaRealty.com. EdinaRealty.com updates every fifteen minutes. Um, so if a property goes into a pending status, their website's going to be up to date. My website, I, I, TomMeckey.com, I, you know, I invest in a website that displays listings that are for sale. It is also connected to the MLS, and it also updates uh, every 15 minutes or so. So a consumer using those sites right, will be better served than they would going to Zillow because how often does it happen where someone goes and inquires about a house – I look it up and only to find out that it's sold subject to an inspection or that it's in a pending status, meaning it's through all the inspection contingencies and it's just not available anymore. Mm -hmm. And it happens frequently and it frustrates buyers. I mean, I talk to buyers on a daily basis that I get connected to through Zillow because I do advertise with Zillow and it is part of my business. Um, and th th it does frustrate them. So then what I do is I just simply help them understand that Hey, I understand why you like using Zillow. I like using Zillow. It's a really cool website. They got a great mobile app, but mm -hmm. for the purposes of finding a home, it's actually not the best resource available to you. Earlier in our conversation, you talked about how uh, you know there have been times when you've seen um, that it's high, and there's times when it's been really low. And I think that's an important point to illustrate that any of these online valuation tools that are available to people are just that. They're tools, they're benchmarks, they're starting points, and they, most importantly, are lagging indicators for what um, a home might be worth. All right. The market shifts every 90 days in Minneapolis, St. Paul. We have a seasonal market here. All right. It's, it's different than other places in the United States, but none of these online algorithms can, can factor in for current market conditions, right? Mm -hmm. That is something that can only be determined by a practitioner who does this day in and day out, right? And I'm not talking about just because you have a real estate license, you're automatically an expert. That's not the case. You really have to work with a professional who has their finger on the pulse of what the market's doing to take your Zillow's estimate or the AVM that you might get from an MLS listing right? And, and look at that in addition to recent comps that are relevant to the subject property. And then take into account economic factors and conditions that are going on in a marketplace to zero in on a pricing strategy. At the end of the day, we know this. Home values are subject to the laws of supply and demand like any other thing that's bought or sold by consumers, right? We have to understand what the market conditions are to establish a pricing strategy 
to get a property sold for a seller that meets the seller's objectives. Now, those objectives might vary from seller to seller. Some sellers might be, you know, motivated to sell a house quickly. Therefore, a more aggressive pricing strategy uh, on the lower side of a range would meet that seller's objectives. Whereas there might be a seller that says, hey, you know what? I'm not terribly motivated to sell, but the market conditions are really good right now. And if I could get this for my property, I'd sell it. Great. I'll be your agent. (laughs) And I can go into that transaction knowing that if I can't get them X, that they're not going to sell. And that's okay. I can make that decision as as a business person. They can make that decision as a seller saying, hey, you know what, Tom, I was honest with you on the front end. I told you if I couldn't get this, I wasn't going to sell. But you never know, right? With inventories being so low like they are right now, I, I've seen houses sell for more than I thought they ever would. And they sold for more than those estimates, right? So people need to understand that it is a it is a benchmark for for a property at a, at a, a point and place and time. And it's always a moving target. It all also kind of reminds me of appraisals. Yeah. You know, we don't just hire an appraiser, have them out to our house for 400 bucks, no. and say, this is what your home is worth, and then we list it at that. I would say that that's accurate. And I've been involved in scenarios where a house has sold at a price that an appraiser wouldn't support. Right. But three other consumers were willing to pay over and above what, what the appraiser said a house was worth. Uh, now, unfortunately, lending institutions lend right. on the appraiser's number, not on what the <laughs> what the market's uh, saying. Um, so that's you know that's a push pull. But I'm finding that you know as the market balances out and as it levels off, uh, you know we're 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 narrowing that gap. And you know just recently, as yesterday, uh, another industry um, news source, a website called Housing Wire, and it's housingwire.com, published an article talking about how Zillow is working towards improving the quality and accuracy of its estimate. And they, they actually paid uh, a $1 million prize uh, for, um, they say in the article, an amateur developer, but I don't think the, the, I think I don't think that's a, a good way to describe the person. If they were willing to pay a million dollars for his work, they're closing the gap on the inaccuracy uh, of Zillow's estimates, they're getting you know they're getting within the margin of error, uh, and I think that that's something that we really need to, as real estate professionals in an industry, we need to uh, kind of take notice of that. Um, I don't, I'm not threatened by it because. Valuation is just one aspect of the level of service a professional provides their client, but it is definitely something that um, uh, gives me a little bit of pause, right? Sure. You know, as I'm as I'm. It's a at, challenge. It's a challenge, right? right? It, it, it it's a challenge and it's a blessing, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, one less thing, <laughs> right, to be worried about. Right. I mean, you know, when we uh, were talking earlier before we started the show, when I first got into real estate back in 2003. These tools were not available to us. Oftentimes, a real estate agent was hired based on uh, their valuation of a home. And I lost listings because another agent came in and told a seller, you know, I can get you more than than that. Nowadays, I would say that these online valuation tools, Zillow and and, and others, kind of level the playing field. And, And it's just one less thing that we need to 
compete on per se. Sure. And actually, I would say if somebody comes in and they're 20% higher than these AVMs, that's probably going to work against them mm-hmm. in the eyes of that consumer if it's an informed consumer and they're familiar with AVMs. Right. Now, you use the term AVM. Automated Valuation Modeling. Automated Valuation Modeling. Yes. Okay. Uh, big data companies like CoreLogic out of California uh, use AVMs to determine price ranges for homes. For example, in our local MLS system, the North Star MLS, if you were to click on a property ID number, uh, and this is something that only real estate professionals would have access to because you got to be a, a dues-paying member in, um, of the board mm-hmm. of realtors and you got to you know have MLS access. But if you were to go into an MLS listing and click on the property ID number, it would bring you to a report called the Realist Report which can give you all the history on a property. It'll show you tax assessed values going back three years, and it'll show you an AVM, and there's a range. And most AVMs are within, I would say, on average, they're within 75 to 80% accuracy, meaning there's a 25 to 20% chance that they're off. Off by how much? We don't know. Below the AVM score is a range, and based on my experience, how I interpret that personally, and this is how I advise clients, other agents may do it differently, but I show them the low end of the range and the high end of the range. And as a general rule of thumb, how you interpret that data is the low end of the range is for a property that's in disrepair, dilapidated condition, needs work. Distressed. Distressed, correct. The high end of the range is the maximum amount that property should command if it's in like new condition or let's say an eight or better out of 10 sure. on, a, on a subjective scale, okay. right? In terms of its condition. Right. If you are evaluating a property with a buyer's agent, like let's say you're a home buyer and you're looking at a flip, right? A property that was in disrepair that an investor purchased, invested in renovating for resale for profit. That is a really good scale to look at. And if they're trying to sell that property for far beyond the high end of the range, you might take a moment to pause and say, am I overpaying for an overimproved house in a neighborhood? Mm-hmm. Right? right? That's where a buyer should consult with their agent and their broker and say, hey, can you show me a market analysis for this area to see if there are other homes that have sold in this price range? And if there aren't, I'd be leery, Right. Because you could be burying yourself in that house. And so that's where these online valuation tools are, you know, they're helpful, but they're also dangerous. Okay. And what you need is you need someone who can help you interpret that, go in and dig a little bit deeper, peel back a few more layers of the onion. I'm just mixing all my metaphors here, <laughs> but you, you, you've got to, you've got to do a deeper dive. I think real estate agents have less to worry about and maybe appraisers might have more to worry about when it comes to this technology. At some point, you know, each appraisal is what, 400 at least dollars. Yeah. Um, And boy, oh boy, if you could have a website that just completely pulled in all the data, knew what they knew, maybe they asked the real estate agent and the owner a few questions about, have you done this? Have you done that? They could spit out a value that at least is close enough that uh, lenders could use. I, I think that that's actually already happening. Mm. I mean, I um, uh, when I built my house, uh, I did a, a five-year arm, okay? 
and because that was the best financing product for me at the time for what my needs were. And so that's the that's the mortgage that I used. Uh, I'm now in my house six years and it's time to uh, I was looking at refinancing out of the arm and locking into like a 15 year mortgage or even a 30 year. I prefer to do a 15 if I can make that work. And the bank that I have my mortgage with basically said, oh, well, you've been with us for, you know, five plus years. We'll just convert your loan from an arm to a fully amortizing 30-year fixed, no refis. And we don't even need to do an appraisal. We're just going to do the online valuation. So I personally experienced that with my lender, uh, Associated Bank. Yeah. I mean, I think, again, I think it's a tool that you can use as a reference point. But I mean... You know, even Zillow says on their very own website that, hey, this is not to be used in lieu of a professional appraisal. This is this is uh, an estimate that we have proprietary software and created an algorithm around to give to give consumers uh, and people who visit our website an idea of what a house might be worth. Mm -hmm. And they, they do estimates now for purchase, but now they're doing rentals estimates, too. Oh. Which I which I find actually very helpful. Right. Uh, I do a fair amount of leasing for clients. I, I do a fair amount of tenant representation. And it is an excellent tool to determine, here's what your house should command for rent. So, you know, used used in context, it's, it's, a, great, it's a great tool. I'd imagine that's a great tool for investors, right? Oh, yeah. They're, they're looking at a home. Absolutely. To buy, to rent out. To have some idea of value versus uh, what the rental could be. Yeah, and you know, a lot of my clients that are move-up buyers are keeping their first home sure. as a rental property. Right. So as part of the consultation, I sit down with them and say, "All right, you wanna you wanna move up to your next house? Do you have a house to sell? Yeah, we own our we own our current house. All right, do you want to sell it? Do you want to keep it as a rental? What do you mean? Mm-hmm. I can keep my house as a rental? Absolutely, you can." Right. So I show them that. I've had a, a lot of buyers approach me to say, hey, the rental market is so good here. I want to keep this as part of my investment portfolio. Sure. Right? And I sit down with them and I show them what the rent estimates are for their neighborhood. And I, my experience has been that it's been pretty accurate in the last couple of years. Especially with the cost of money being so low. Absolutely. Interest rates are so low. Rather than you know taking all the equity out of that home, and putting it in my new home where I'm only saving about 4 or 5% right, right. Uh, per dollar, if I can just m- maybe take a smaller, put a smaller down payment on my home mm-hmm. um, and have my last home there with its equity being a rental, yep. that makes sense to me. It does. Uh, it, you got to be prepared to be a landlord, though. Mm-hmm. And anyone who ever said that landlording is passive – they're selling you a bill of goods that I, I don't know is exactly <laughs> accurate. Well, but. I think that sounds like a great opportunity for another show. <laughs> yes, uh, it, and that will be the topic of one of our of one of our uh, later podcasts. Very cool, Tom. Well, I really appreciate you enlightening us as to Zillow. Absolutely, and I I do want to be clear for listeners out there and uh, fellow real estate professionals. I'm not here shilling for Zillow. Sure, uh, I just want to. Uh, shine a little bit of light on it for people so they understand what it is, what it isn't, like I said earlier, and and uh, how to take that information and apply it uh, to to yourself, right, and what your objectives are and, and your uh, home ownership or home sale endeavors. So hopefully this has been helpful. Very cool. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. This has been the Tom Mackey Real Estate Podcast. 
The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are Tom Mackey's alone and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Minnesota Podcasting or Lake Sotheby's International Realty. Tom Mackey is a licensed real estate broker in the state of Minnesota and can be found online at tommeckey.com. That's T-O-M-M-E-C-K-E-Y.com. This podcast has been produced by Minnesota Podcasting, and they can be found online at www.mnpodcasting.com.